Welcome to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World. Two film buff friends decide to spend their remaining days creating and watching the ultimate movie bucket list. A podcast filled with film discussions, movie reviews, and a healthy dose of juicy celebrity gossip. Cinephiles unite. We're gonna need each other. That was. Girl, I know what you were going for. Girl, girl, I can't. I don't want to do Clint. <laughs> I know. I know what you were going for. Girly. He's got a very deep voice. Tough though. ain't enough. Yeah, but he doesn't have an accent. <laughs> it's just a maybe I nasty. have a natural accent from growing up in a household with people who did have an accent. But they didn't have that accent. <laughs> I'm just me being myself. Sure. In front of you. Okay. Being critical. <laughs> Being judgmental. Yeah. How's it going, Mita? I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. Good. I, I grilled Mita on the Middle East just for 40 minutes before <laughs> we, we did this. Like a real serious conversation. Yeah. And then we were just like, let's we're record and be fun. Fun. <laughs> so, so here we are being fun. We're so fun. Yeah. La 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 la. <laughs> but it's Oscar season. It is. And Oscar season is probably the highlight of things going on right now. It really because is. the world is a shitty place. It's the only thing I'm looking forward it to. It really truly is. So mm-hmm. you saw a contender. I did. And you have not told me your opinion at all. And it was your number one. It was the thing I was looking forward to seeing. Yeah. Yes. yes. So I, should I tell people? Tell the people. Okay. I saw the Sofia Coppola directed film. Yes. Priscilla. Yes. Which is about uh, Elvis Presley and Priscilla Presley's relationship. Relish. And it focuses on Priscilla Presley's point of view. Mm-hmm. It's based off of a book that Priscilla Presley wrote herself mm-hmm. that Sofia Coppola read and said, okay, I'll, I'll make yeah. this. I'll write and direct it. Which we love when Sofia writes and directs things. It's a fun time. Okay. Fun time. Yes. This oh, is not amazing. It is. It's not. It's not. It's not lost like, in translation. I'm not screaming from the rooftops. Yeah. It's not lost in translation. It's not. My favorite is The Virgin Suicide. Yeah, I was just going to say it's not Virgin yeah. Suicide. And it's not The Virgin Suicides. But I, I, when I initially saw it, I was underwhelmed. Okay. But it has stayed with me in the last couple a of days. A little bit, okay. Yeah, I think Sophia is a very subtle filmmaker. She's not in your face and she's not loud. And it does take some time for things to sort of seep in. Yeah. Um, I think... She is the right person to tell this story, but I think that in terms of the acting, like I'm not impressed with the actress who plays Camilla. Or really? Priscilla. Yeah, her name is Kaylee Spaney. Yeah, something like that. She's good, but she's not like she's not selling. She's not great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's not. I'm not. I wasn't moved okay. by her performance. And is it a movie that should have moved you? Because I think if the right actress had been in that yes. position. Okay. Like, if this had been Kirsten Dunst when Kirsten Dunst was younger... Just make it she, all about Kirsten Dunst no, but all the time. I mean? Kirsten has... Fair enough. She can Especially pull for you. people in. Yeah. She's very good at her job. <laughs> Tell me more, Mita. <laughs> if it was a baby Kirsten Dunst, yeah. then I think that there could be something there. But I was very underwhelmed by her performance. Okay. I think it's an important movie in what it tells you. But I also, like... I had been reading reviews where people were saying that, like, this puts Elvis in such a negative light. Like, it's really damaging to Elvis. I didn't feel that way. Okay. I don't think she does anything that's really um, too harmful to, like, 
what we know of Elvis. And to be quite frank, like, I think we also did know this. Yeah, like, these he things. Was, a womanizer. She was 14 she was, years yeah, old when they started their relationship. Yeah. He was very controlling in their relationship. I think people are stuck on seeing the Elvis of last year, which was yes, um, Boslerman, which is the complete opposite of Sophia Coppola. Yes, truly, so yeah. you're going to have two filmmakers make a movie of that time period. It's really interesting to see the juxtaposition there. Yeah. I care more for Sophia Coppola's version than I do Baz. Yeah, but and I ne- love Baz. But neither of us liked Elvis. No. Yeah. But I just think the the pomp with Elvis... In general? In general, that was in that film, mm-hmm. doesn't work as well as how Sophia has painted Priscilla. Okay. Yeah. I think it works a little yeah. bit better. It's a bit softer. There's the feminine touch is, ne- is really there. And you see that with like all of her films. That's her aesthetic. Because Sophie actually doesn't do big very well. No. She we, shouldn't though. Like I think. No, we are... saw that with Marie Antoinette. It just didn't. Like it was big scale and it kind of. Didn't, didn't work in her work favor. In her favor yeah. yeah. This I think she has a better balance. Okay. I mean obviously the focus is more on Priscilla than Elvis. Yeah. But her like feminine aesthetic is is. I've received it well yeah. in this as compared to like the flashiness and like the eyes pain that occurs. Oh, and Elvis, <laughs> yeah. Like I thought I might have a seizure watching. A lot. But that's Baz Luhrmann in general. Yes. Um, but yeah, I don't think that Elvis was portrayed as bad as people are saying yeah. he is. I think it's an important movie to watch in terms of like looking at that relationship. But I don't think it like nails it. I think okay. there could... but. Part of it is because she is so somber and so subtle with her approach. I Like sometimes too subtle. Too subtle. Yeah. Where I feel but I also I don't want like a like a promising young woman moment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's also I'm having a hard time finding like how do I actually really feel about this? So I would actually want to see it again. Okay. And if it's available on a streamer closer to Oscars, I might. I don't think it's gonna get a best picture. Okay. I do think she might get writing again. Okay. Maybe. At most. At most. Um, not director. No. No. No, I don't think the, the, it's too it busy. Her. Yeah. No. Um, Should I see it in theater? Or do I just wait? I don't think you have to. Okay. You can wait. Okay. Yeah. But I will give it a three and a half. Okay. Yeah. That's higher than based on how you walked into this that I thought. I think, well, I'm being critical. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> I of did course. Enjoy yeah, yeah, yeah. It. yeah. Um, I enjoy the soundtrack, as I always do with her films. Yeah. She, She's got a great ear for music. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so she hires the right people. She hired her husband's band. So, yeah. Is Jacob Elordi more than a decent-looking tall man? I actually think so. Okay. Yeah. There is something there. Okay. But I, I liked him more than you have. Because he's also playing the same character in Saltburn. <laughs> is he, though? Very, like a, he's, he is playing a tall playboy. Yeah. In Saltburn, which is what Elvis was. But in his Priscilla performance, yeah. I can... It's the focus of the film isn't on him, but he actually is what uh, you wind up focusing on. It's the driving force it's, of the yeah. film, yeah. yeah. And I think maybe that... I haven't seen this, obviously, mm-hmm. so that might be what you're referring to because Priscilla ends up being a passive character in, in her film mm-hmm. because Elvis is Elvis is and Elvis. drives, yeah, yeah, drives not just the movie, but her life. Mm-hmm. So maybe it ends up feeling a little bit more like he controlled the movie as well. Yes. Yes. And I will say I prefer what he does in this than what Austin Butler did in Elvis. But is that Sophia or is that Baz? It's probably... In Priscilla, He it's not as performative. 
Like, you don't get very many of his performances. You see him in, like, what his day-to-day life yeah. is. And, like, how he interacted with Whereas, Whereas in Elvis, yeah. you're getting all the, the showmanship the show. that's there. Um, Who, and I, can, sorry, continue. I When I watched Elvis, I could... I think Ella, Austin Butler is very good in it, but I can also see, like, he put a lot of work into it. Whereas, like... With Jacob Ellerty, it feels a bit more natural, but that's also probably just the aesthetics of the two films yeah. themselves. So I per- I prefer the Jacob Ellerty Elvis than the Austin Butler Elvis. Overall, yeah. Yeah. But that is probably more because you prefer because Priscilla. Because the aesthetic. The aesthetic yeah. and the feel of the film. Okay, mm-hmm. that's fair. Yeah. That's good to know. I don't think he'll get an, a nomination. Oh, no, he though. probably won't. No. No. And this is going to go under the radar. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's out and people may or may not watch it and... Unless something happens, but I think it's just twenty four really pushes it. But I don't think that that's gonna. It just feels too crowded this year. Yeah. Like, does a twenty four have anything else? Yes, but I don't remember. I feel like they do have something else, but it's not even about a twenty four. It's about the others, right? Yeah. Barbie and Oppenheimer, I think, are going to occupy spots in a lot of places, Mm -hmm. and Flower Moon is going to. And then the rest of it remains to be seen, but there are so many like incontentions yeah. that like the things that Priscilla would be up for writing, acting, and directing mm-hmm. and picture, there are other movies that are already just more decorated. She might get writing. Just because I don't yeah. know what else is adapted this yeah. year. But she should get costume design and set design and makeup. Okay. Maybe, and hair. yeah. Okay. We'll find out. Okay. Before we move on to uh, Little Babies, I saw that uh, you saw a movie as well. Another one. Oh. Starring one Sandra O. Oh, and Aquafina. Oh, yes. I saw Quiz Lady. I also saw Quiz you Lady. You did? On the weekend. You didn't yeah. tell me. Yeah. What are your thoughts on Quiz Lady? Just a good time. It is a good time. It was just cute. It's and like, like a nice movie to put yeah, on. Yeah. On Saturday, I watched it with my wife. I was very tired. Yeah. And obviously... Middle East is still the Middle East. (laughs) So it was nice to watch something very light Light. and easy and just like very easy to walk into and walk out of. I just want Sandra Oh to be in like all the movies. I will say that Sandra Oh was so good. Yeah. So good. And like so underutilized as an actress. She really is. She's really, really good and great comic timing. Amazing. Especially in front of Aquafina, who generally actually has great comic timing, but like Sandra steals she's it. She's the standout. She's the And she's the reason the movie's actually good. Yeah. I've been rewatching Grey's Anatomy as well. Yeah, yeah. And I'm in like third season, so I'm early on. And she she really is the standout yeah. in that too. Christina has so much depth to her. There's drama, but there's still comedy and lightness and like She's supposed to be a shrill woman, yeah, yeah. but you wound up falling in love with her yeah. and like caring about how she feels. Like, she's great. She's great. Killing Eve, you. I've watched, never seen Killing Eve. You need yeah. to watch Killing yeah. Eve. Yeah. Killing Eve involves a lot of women I like. Yeah. Yeah, so I feel like I should give it's it a chance. The ladies of the theme. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Apparently. I'll give it a go, but yeah. I really. I thought it was cute. It wasn't like the best comedy I've ever seen, no. and like, it was a nice one time. A good solid Saturday night movie. Kind Did of not thing. know Jason Schwartzman was in it. Yeah, or so Will Ferrell. For the Coppola family. Yeah. <laughs> or Will Ferrell. I didn't know Will was in I it. Didn't. I didn't. I will say, I like this Will Ferrell. Yeah, yeah. I like this version of Will Ferrell because when Will Ferrell reels it in, he's actually tolerable. Nice, yeah. What did we watch him in recently where I was just like, ugh, Will Ferrell? Barbie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That character, though, is like. 
But again, a better actor would have made that yeah. character less annoying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He was very Will Ferrell in it. Yeah. Which is, I, if you also consider, like, they're very similar characters. They could have been similar. But Quisling, he's like, he's a dork at heart. Yeah. yeah which like is, you, but he's, he's lovable. He's lovable. Yeah. But yeah. But no, I did enjoy it. It's, yeah, it's not the best. It's not even it's the best really, comedy. No. Like, it's just, but it's, it's a nice stupid, version of what it is. It's stupid funny. It's stupid funny. But it's nice to have stupid funny. It's nice to have stupid funny. Yes. It's got some good one-liners, some good comedy. And nice to have representation. Yeah. You don't know how hard it is for Asian <laughs> women in today's society. Yeah. yeah. The that's, self- a, that's a line from That's the a line from the movie. <laughs> where people really liked it. Yeah. <laughs> I like that shit. And yeah. I like that. I do like, it is nice to see movies that can call attention to that and just kind of make jokes about, about it. it too. Yeah. Without being like, it is hard for an Asian woman Same in this thing society. With Joyride. I didn't love Joyride as much. Love, okay. I like Joyride. Yeah. I liked this more, I'd say. What did you give it out of five? Jo- this I'd give three. I gave it three. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Joyride, I, I think I did three. Or I think I'd probably well. do three as well. Yeah. Joyride, but just overall, I'd pick this over Joyride. Just a fun comedy on just Disney a, Plus. Yeah, just an easy, an easy watch. There you go. Speaking of easy watches, mm, yeah, or easy movies, yeah, or pedestrian movies, sure. <laughs> what did we watch this week? This week, Nadim, we watched the 2004 Best Picture winner, mm-hmm. Million Dollar. Movie. Oh my god, it won Best Picture! It, could you believe could that you we be- watched a Best Picture winner? Wow, can you believe that? A crazy, wild, wild. Are you ready for? A I'm ready for a disco. Okay, IMDb describes Million Dollar Baby as the following: Frankie. An ill-tempered old coach reluctantly agrees to train aspiring boxer Maggie. Frankie. Impressed with her determination and talent, he helps her become the best, and the two soon form a close bond. Mm. Okay, so I had never seen Million Dollar. Never? No. Okay. And I'll just start. I, I... did not know what Million Dollar Baby was about. Like at all? All I, all I knew was that it involved Hillary Swank and boxing and Clint Eastwood as her coach. And, and Makushla. I didn't, I just knew the line Makushla. From, from the, the office. office, yeah. <laughs> but I didn't know what it referred to yeah. at all. And I was really very much under the impression that this was going to be like the female version of Rocky. Yeah. Like I thought that th- that's what this was about. We're going to see her fighting. Yeah. Like. Those scenes are going to be intense. We're going to be amazed by her fighting skills. Yeah. We're going to see her walking up the steps. There would be a montage yeah. of some sort. And it wasn't that at all. <laughs> then the thing happens and you're like, wait, what? <laughs> Why did she almost... Okay, should yeah. I spoil it? I think we can spoil it. It's over... She almost dies. She almost dies, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She becomes paralyzed. Yeah. Uh, it really... It just goes in the leftist direction that you yeah. don't expect it to go in. No. And I didn't think it was meant to be this, like, heartwarming father figure, daughter figure, sappy kind of movie, which I will say I'm impressed by Clint Eastwood that he could transition into something like this because this does not seem like his realm. In his wheelhouse, yeah. um, Or it seemed like something he would even want to do. Yeah. Um, Yeah, because the last Clint (laughs) movie we talked about was Unforgiven. Unforgiven. But I was pleasantly surprised because i thought oh okay this is something different and i'm glad about that but ultimately like underwhelmed by the fact that this is a best picture winner yeah Yeah. so i'll say i saw this Mm -hmm. i saw this after the academy awards but like in that same year Year? kind of thing yeah i've seen it then and maybe you've seen it on like tbs or something once or twice or like whatever Mm -hmm. 
I'll say that watching it this time, I realized how like cheesy and sappy and manipulative mm. as a film it is. But I definitely shed a tear at the end still. Did you? <laughs> yeah. This, I did find that... You were emotional. It, it's... <laughs> <laughs> it is an incredibly pedestrian film. Yeah. There is, when we, again, like, we're talking, we're in an era, I think, where Best Picture winner is really middle brow. It's really, like... Doesn't mean anything, honestly, it, at this point. <laughs> yeah, like, it doesn't mean anything. It's movies that are made for, like, the average person. It's the average person's good movie. Yeah. Is what this is. This isn't saying anything complicated. No. The moment Hillary Swank shows up and you realize he has a daughter that he doesn't talk to, you're like, oh, they're going to become like father, father daughter. And daughter. You know, ex- like, you know the entire kind of layout for where this is going. And fine, there's like a, that twist is a twist. Like, yeah. you don't anticipate that coming until it comes. But even when that happens, you're just like, okay, he's going to take care of her. He's going to take care of her. And then when the you know, euthanasia thing comes, yeah. you're kind of like, oh, that's not oh, what I thought. Oh, this is a political stance. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. like a, there's a political stance. But even then, you know... You know what's, you know you what's know going what's to happen. You know what's trying to tug at your... Exactly, your heart's yeah. It's. I remember reading a... Um, do you remember... Did you ever see that movie Black with Rani Mukherjee and no. Amitabh Bachchan? Yeah. It's essentially about like a Helen Keller-ish. Okay. Essentially, Lavensali does a Helen Keller. And I remember reading a review, a Western review that said, this is, this is the equivalent of watching a, like a, disa- kick, of someone kicking a disabled dog. You're obviously going to feel sympathy Sad. for it. And at the end of the movie, when she's like in, she's paralyzed yeah. and she's got like bed sores and the doctor's like, we're going to have to amputate it. I actually almost laughed because I was just like, come on, man. Like <laughs> this woman, like, what do you want me to feel for this person? Like... We get it. I get it. Yeah. I like you don't need to like rub it in, and then the the thing with the tongue. Mm-hmm. I was just like, it just it was the pile Piling on. on of like you must feel sad. You now. must you feel must sad. Feel How sad. bad is it for this let's woman? Put in like, the score. Let's put it. Yeah, let's put in the score. <laughs> let's like dump the like all of all of it. Yeah. And I will say the only reason this movie is tolerable is Hillary Swank. She's very nice. She is. <laughs> she takes what could be a very. She's cheesy pedestrian role and brings an insane amount of heart to it makes that relationship work clint eastwood is really good too i'll give him that they have great father they do have that father-daughter chemistry but it's motherfucking hillary swank like she she is the reason that you buy it and that yes because i will say with clint eastwood he's just being Clint Eastwood. I yeah. Like, He's just no being a version of Clint Eastwood. He's just exactly. a grumpy old exactly. white man. There's another movie he has, I think where Amy Adams is his daughter. Yeah, sure. Yeah, like yeah. he played that he's, angry, grumpy dad. He's always before. just this person. He's always just a curmudgeon. Yes. And like now he's a curmudgeon with a slight heart. Mm-hmm. Because because of Hillary Swank. Right. That's the she's thing. She's really pulling you in. She's really the, she's the reason you root for her. You root yeah. for them. You root for the relationship. Her and her scenes with Margot Martindale, though. Oh, can I? Ch- yeah, but can I? I really enjoy Margot Did Martindale. Did you? I enjoy I Margot Martindale, yeah. but even Margot Martindale, like the writing is just so, so piss poor. Piss poor. It's really just it is pedestrian. Do you know who wrote it? I do. Know who wrote it. Someone <laughs> we'll be talking about next week. Someone we will have a lot to say about next week, but also kind of tracks. Paul Haggis. Paul Haggis. Yeah. Who, if you don't know, won an Academy Award for writing two Academy Awards for writing and directing, but he won it for producing Crash, which we'll talk about next week. Yeah. I got feelings about Crash. 
but we won't talk about them. <laughs> wow, I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> but the writing is so, so pedestrian. Bad. It's so pedestrian. It's so cheesy. It's... But you know what this makes me realize? Scientology works. <laughs> Why? Paul Haggis was a Scientologist. But I don't they, think... Something happened there, Nadim. Where? In the whole... In the Scientology world, they're like, Paul wrote this movie. He did these classes. Let's give this a... Bo-. They have the power. Maybe. Maybe <laughs> it is. I know you don't love a conspiracy theory. <laughs> but something... Maybe it is. There. Yeah. I will say that I can see why Clint Eastwood wanted to make this. Because Clint Eastwood is not the most astute or insightful filmmaker. No. He makes pedestrian films. Yeah. He makes movies for the average person. And this is the averagestest movie for the averagestest person. It's for it's for mainstream. It's for middle America is yeah. what it's for. Like I let's just call it for what it is. It's this is what I say about Crash. It's a stupid person smart film. Yeah. And that's kind of what Million Dollar Baby is. It's not saying anything. What is it saying? Nothing really. It's really not just saying that anything. Euthanasia is okay. Yeah. That Which, like if you love your if you love your child, <laughs> then like go ahead and do it. Do it. But Pull again, I will say. When he says, explains what Makushla means to That's her. Very I was like, all right. <laughs> and then she sheds a single tear that yeah. feels like, a, like it, it, the whole sequence, you know it means something emotional. Yeah. When he explains it to her and he kisses her cheek and then she sheds a tear, you're and like, oh, this gone. is so cheesy, but you're just, but it works. you're so swept into it. Yeah. Because, like, he doesn't do bad by it. But is it warranted to have, like, just a middle ground movie just to get to that one emotional standpoint? Oh, that's an interesting point. I don't think the whole movie is... I think the whole movie is middle ground yeah. in the best... On the on the better side of middle ground, though. I do think that, like, as far as middle ground movies go... It's not go, poorly made. This is not a poorly it's not made Lifetime. Film. This is not Lifetime. No. And it is a... It is a... I'll even go as far as saying it's a good film. Yeah. It's a nice film. It's a it's a nice watch. You can watch it with your family. It's also Clint Eastwood has a way of making like conservative films, like con- truly Republican movies. And this is it feels like a, it feels like that when she's on the hospital bed, she's wearing a cross. And I was yeah. just like, oh, she's wearing a cross. Like it's there's just like little things. There's always talk about like religion in his con- in his movies. Mm-hmm. He's conversing with a priest. He's conversing often. with a priest. It's yeah. very evident where he stands and what his movies are about. And fine, like, it, it is, it is, it's fine. I think my biggest problem is that, like, it's just so average. And I think this is an example of a film that would have benefited from not winning Best Picture. Oh, interesting. Because I think if it hadn't, I think you'd respect it a little bit more. People would like it more? I think, I think people do like it. I think the average person actually likes this because... Yeah. There is nothing not to like about Million Dollar Baby. If you get like, mm-hmm. if you think about it, there's nothing offensive. It is well acted. It is well directed. It is even in its lane well written. Yeah. It's just that like saying anything though. It's not saying anything. And my whole thing is, I think he's trying to say something about what though? About euthanasia <laughs> or try of, of like how people get to that point or sort of. Maybe not necessarily, like, the politics around it, but I do think that there could be people who have emotions surrounding that that idea and that mm. concept. But this movie doesn't do a good job of building you to that. Because mm. when I think about it, that main, that whole point of him explaining what Makushla is and deciding to end her life for yeah. her... There were people, there are people in the world who would take great offense to that in itself. They did. Yeah. Oh, D- disability groups took 
great Very, offense to it, oh. claiming that like just because you're disabled doesn't mean your life has to end. Bend. Like yeah. lit- literally. But I don't think Paul Haggis's script does a good enough job of like leading us into that sort of idea. So let's for the for the record say that like let's say the movie was what it was, mm-hmm. and instead of going in the direction it did, it just kept on its standard. Like she's gonna get to the top. Yeah, it's still not saying anything. No, like it's meant to be an underdog story. Yeah, which it's. But there, I don't think there's anything like redeeming enough in there for me to be like cheering Maggie on. Great. So, which is the better film? <laughs> the euthanasia storyline. The euthanasia story is yeah. at least it's unexpected. There's something compelling there. Yeah, it's still not amazing. No. No. It's still not it's still amazing. Not thought provoking because no. we still have to dig to be like, what is this about? Because it isn't. It isn't. This isn't about anything. Yeah. There's no. And you can, t- if you have to just, if you can. This sounds really weird, but if you're watching it and understanding it at the same time, you can tell it's not saying anything. Mm-hmm. A movie really makes you think if you're like watching a scene and you're like, but what are you trying to say? And this has none of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this has no moment of like question or thought or provocation. Yeah. That is no provocation to speak of. It's like, this is just a movie about characters. I say this. Yeah. Also loving something like The Sound of Music, where it literally is not really about any, like, what is The Sound of Music trying to say, except for you can escape Nazis by singing songs. <laughs> I mean, that's very, that's very, very fair. Yeah. But The Sound of Music has something so much more I think that's the thing. I think the musical aspect kind of allows of... Sound of Music to get away with being pedestrian. Yeah. Because the musical aspect is what elevates the art. I guess the question here is what's elevating Million Dollar Baby above your average film? Hillary Swank. It's Hillary Swank. Yeah. It's a, it's an, an incredible performance that's anchoring a whole film. Mm-hmm. But then like, what? Should the blind side have won Best Picture? Oh, God, no. Right? <laughs> Actually, I've never seen it. I've just seen clips on TikTok. No, you don't, you don't but... <laughs> need to. There's nothing there. But this is also not the blind side. This is actually, it's a very consumable film. Yeah. But. But does that make it a bad thing? Well, I guess you said this earlier. You said that, like, what we're learning in this journey of watching yeah. all these films is that typically the best picture is something that is more middle ground. So why do we put the Academy Awards and on this pedestal on this pedestal of being like these are the best films of all time yeah when clearly like they're not not what we're getting here that's not what we're getting here and there's so many examples Mm -hmm. there's so many examples throughout the decades that we've seen of the best movie the most successful movie financially or the one that has lasted the test of time not even getting nominated Mm -hmm. so what does that say about the Academy and I think what we're learning is the it's really just like it's the funnel. It's the average consensus is what's coming out at the end. It's just kind of disappointing because like you and I love Oscar season. Yeah. It's the thing that like it get it, there's a build up to it. There's a build up to it. There's a huge momentum. Yeah. But I'm slowly realizing like what does this momentum even mean though? Yeah. Like what does it matter if the movies that always win are things like Million Dollar Baby. It's be- I, Because I think Million Dollar Baby is the rule and Parasite is the exception. So are we just hoping for an exception every year? Yeah. I think yeah. we truly are hoping that, you know, I think the triumph of, look, I love La La Land, if you don't know. <laughs> but it, the triumph of Moonlight Moonlight is like, that's the thing. That makes me want to cry. That's a moment in yeah. history, right? <laughs> that's a moment for a lot of things. And, 
I think Moonlight will probably be recognized as the best best picture winner mm-hmm. in for many years because it was the small little gay black film that won best picture against a juggernaut musical which is at the end of the day actually La La Land isn't like a crowd pleaser though I think it is I don't think so I think the ending maybe makes it not a little bit but I do think that it is like a you could put it on and um myriad of people will enjoy it that's fair i think there's more people that would enjoy watching la la land than there are that would moonlight. enjoy watching moonlight yeah yeah but i think again moonlight is the exception and la la land is the rule mm-hmm. and sometimes you like the rule the, yeah sometimes the that's rule the works. thing sometimes the rule works and you're happy with the rule yeah sometimes it's coda was coda the rule yeah man because power of the dog was the exception but in my point of view yeah power of the dog is the i don't i don't think it's boring but the average person yeah. might say it's the boring drama which you do see be the rule i think that's the outsider perspective i think when you really look at the academy and i think mm-hmm. people are looking at films like let's say the english patient and when they have when they have that estimation or like lawrence of arabia when they think of like, oh, the Academy awards all these boring films. Mm-hmm. And it's really, I think there is, there are movies, the large scale of movies. And then there are movies that are, can be considered best picture. Yeah. That's unfortunately what it is. And Coda just fits in that small, like subsection of films. And and so you are picking from there. No one is ever, Marvel is never going to win best picture, especially now. Marvel is never going to win Best Picture. They're in the tank. They're in the tank. Like they're they've lost their credibility. Superhero movies are not going to are not going to are not going to win. An animated film is likely not going to win. It took us ninety something years for a foreign picture to win. It's hard to I think break out of that. You look at something like again, The English Patient is I think your prime example of what people think a Best Picture winner is. Mm -hmm. It's this like stately dramatic romance for three hours. Yes. But it's not all the time. There's a lot of movies that we've seen that are actually very riveting and exciting and some real good shit. But people think it's all the English patient. Yeah. But I think I think Best Picture is more about, less about what we think it is and more about, again, it is still about that consensus. So even if you're saying there's 100 movies and 10 of them are fit for Best Picture, mm-hmm. within that 10, it's what's the middle ground. That is what That's what wins. That is the rule. That's the rule. What is the most accessible of these 10 films is often what wins. It's why you have like the Slumdog Millionaires, the like the underdog stories. Crash. We'll talk about Crash, <laughs> yeah. but that's... Crash was, I think... I think at the time, like, when you go back... We'll, we'll talk about that next week. Actually. We'll talk about Crash next yeah. week because it's next week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think when you... But, yeah. When you look at what the other... When the, what people thought the winner was going to be, be, Brokeback Mountain. That is still very risque for that time. For that time. Yeah. It's It's crazy to think that that wasn't that long ago. Yeah. But Crash is also that, I mean, we'll we'll talk about this. We'll we'll get into that. But I think (laughs) what's really important is also, look, we talk about, we're talking about how Million Dollar Baby is kind of bland as a best picture. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like, fine. It's a fine picture. Don't get me wrong. There's actually nothing bad about it. But like, did this deserve best picture? In order to answer that question, mm. let's look at the other nominees. Yes, let's. We have The Aviator, yes. Finding Neverland, mm-hmm. Ray, yeah. and Sideways. Okay. This is a boring list. Yeah. 
Just like a little like it's ho-hum. a ho hum, yeah, blandier mm-hmm. overall. Yeah, and when I look at this, I can completely understand why this one. Oh, interesting. These are. I was having a conversation with a film, like a film fan, the other day, who was like, "The Aviator is so boring." I watched it for the first time. Oh, I finished it today. And it is boring. Yeah, it's really boring. <laughs> it's not his best. No, it's not. It's not terrible. Like I think there, no. there is something there. It's a Howard Hughes is an interesting character to explore, yeah. and there are some like aspects that are like, "What?" It's interesting, also, in that it's like it's. Hollywood era, yeah, 1940s, the golden era, yeah, right. Like it's there's you have characters like Ava and Catherine Hepburn, and yeah, you want to you want to see those live on screen, but it's not it's not a Marty movie, no, no, and it's a very bland film. Even yeah. though Martin directs it, it's just such a it's so forgettable. There's some really nice shots in there. Sure, like, yeah, when he sets fire in his house, yeah, like, yeah, that like was really cool to look at, but. It, yeah, it's not memorable. I'm not going to be, like, quoting The Aviator anytime uh, yeah. soon. Like, I will quote Makushala. Makushala, but, yeah. Like, that has... And that is long-standing. But when I initially saw that list, yeah. I was like, oh, like, why... That also seems very middle ground to me of, like, what people would choose. It's a grand-scale biopic made by one of the most popular American directors of our time. But me that everyone shed a tear at that end. Did they? I'm Shmita. I didn't. You did. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people at the time were like, very moved by this. Okay. I can totally see. <laughs> I can totally see the white people in the theater really shedding a tear. Yeah. I can see anybody. I say that because that's the image I have. Did like, people all watch this? Did this do well? Like yes. on a general standpoint, like on in the box a office? on a budget of thirty million. Yeah. It did 216. I'm shocked. I'm not. People were like, let's go see Million Dollar Baby. Yeah. It grossed 100 million in the US and then the rest of it in other territories. So I was 13. So I wasn't like fully. This made 100 million in America. Yeah. You were 19 though. Do you remember like, do you remember the hype? For Million Dollar Baby? Yeah. I remember. I will say, I do remember when it won. And then watching it, being like, oh, this this is the best picture. Well, I remember hype around The Aviator. Yeah, and I saw time. The Aviator. I saw The Aviator in a sold-out crowd, and I was really surprised. Wow. You sat there for three hours. Yeah, and I was <laughs> bored for those three, three hours. hours. It's a very forgettable film. I can completely see why people flock to this, though. It is that... it's Again, it's nicely acted, it's nicely directed, it makes you feel things. Ma- feeling something in a, in a theater is hard to do. Yeah. And when a movie can make you do it, I can totally see people gushing about this afterwards. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's anyone's favorite movie, but people walked away, moved. And again, Hilary Swank gets 100% of the credit for it, but and deserved her Oscar, and she, I think. Yes, but I don't think it, just that one performance shouldn't drive an entire film to winning at Best Picture. I don't think it drives the picture to winning. Like, I don't think the picture wins because of Hil- because Hilary Swank is so good. I think the film survives on her shoulders. And I think what drives people to see it and why people connected to it and why people voted for it was because she makes it so palpable. She makes... There's sh- so much on her, though. Like, that. that is the appeal. Yeah. 
I don't, like, what is the appeal of the rest of the movie, though, for the Academy to be like, yeah, let's vote for this. Because their relationship is endearing. Their father-daughter thing is endearing. He is a living legend who has made movies like Dirty Harry and Unforgiven and all of that. And then he's doing this, you know, he's a curmudgeon who, you know, who endears himself to this woman who's trash and poor and just wants to just... Has this dream and just wants to box. There's, there is this. I get it. I just can't connect to it. I think, truthfully, yeah, you would have endeared yourself to this at the time. Well, yeah, I was thirteen. Not at thirteen. No, I think, like, like now, if, if this was that. like, if this was like now, I think you would have felt differently about it. Okay. I also, I, I just think I don't think this is great by any means. Yeah. I just think that it's kind of it's, it's kind of like Rocky Rani. In that, not that they're the same, <laughs> but that someone, some think think about like Ranveer Singh in Rocky Rani. Okay. And how he elevates that movie. Yeah. Rocky Rani is a lot of elements. Fine. Mm-hmm. It's not just one performance that does that, but how much that performance raises the caliber of that film. I think I'm just very turned off by Clint Eastwood. Yeah. I think that's a part of it yeah. for sure. Because he is very easy to not like. Yeah. And yeah. I can see what you're saying about Hilary Swank. Because she is the star. She is the million dollar she baby. She is the million dollar baby. And I think in a lesser actress's hands, this wouldn't be. This would just this be. Would just be a, a, this like, would be like anything else in his like record. Like yeah. his Gran Turismo's and like the Mule or whatever Clint Eastwood has done. Whatever variation on a theme he's done. Yeah. This would just completely have been as forget- forgettable. But she... Is the reason this is what it is. Yeah. He, did he do American Sniper? Yep. I have not seen that. You don't need I, to. Okay. <laughs> it's not good? It's not that it's not good. It's just very Clint Eastwood. Okay. The thing is, yeah. Clint Eastwood makes movies that speak to Republicans. Like and truly white American, white American men. Yeah. And Republicans. Yeah. And I don't think we can discount that. No, and I'm not saying discount it. I just don't. I I think I, I think this might be just another time and a place. Maybe because I don't feel like I'm watching it now, nineteen years later, and I'm like, I I can see the emotion, but I'm not moved in the way that maybe I would have been. I also think this the the title of best picture taints a film. So. You have higher expectations. You have a higher expectation. And it just didn't it. meet those expectations. Yeah. yeah. I think when you're watching best pictures, movies that are best pictures, and we've just experienced this for decades, mm-hmm. is that you think it's supposed to be something. And then when like the Broadway melody wins, you're like, really? Also a question. Yeah. Does Morgan Freeman like need That's so so <laughs> Morgan <laughs> Freeman, I don't understand why he won. Yeah, he won Best Supporting Actor. Stop. This movie won four Oscars. It won Best Supporting Actor, Best Actress, Best Director, and Best Picture. Director? Yeah. Can you please read out the nominees of Director and Best Supporting Actor, please? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I do remember the hype around Hilary Swank's win for this. It was another year that she was pitted up against Annette Benning. I've never seen Being Julia, but... I've never seen Being Julia either, but... Everyone's being like, oh, in 99, it was Hillary and Annette. And now in 2004, it's Hillary and Annette. And I do remember the navy blue jersey Calvin Klein dress with the open back. Yeah, she looked great. <laughs> and uh, I, this has nothing to do with the movie. But I have a vivid memory of Hillary Swank being on the red carpet at the time she was married to Chad Lowe. Yeah. 
and they were doing an interview, and one of the interviewers noticed that, like, her, the back had, like, a V. Yeah, it was yeah. an open back with a V, and it was, like, lowering a little bit that you could almost maybe see her butt crack. Yeah, yeah. And the interviewer was going to, like, help her, yeah. and Chad Lowe swiped his hand away and be like, that's my wife, I'll do it. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, that's nice. And that's always stayed in my head. <laughs> I just wanted to share that with you. Cool story, Mita. <laughs> <laughs> Best director in 2004. Yeah. Aside from Clint Eastwood, you have Taylor Hackford for Ray. Okay. You have Mike Lee for Vera Drake. Yeah. You have Alexander Payne for Sideways and Martin Scorsese for The Aviator. Interesting. Yeah, I don't think Marty should have it for no, The he Aviator. I think Sideways is bland and also very white. I have only seen clips of it on TikTok. Yeah, you don't need to. <laughs> Vera Drake is very good. I have told you to watch Vera Drake many times. I tried to, but I didn't have time. <laughs> you tried to? I like oh, this tried, time around. I yeah. wrote it on my list of things to watch this yeah. week, and I didn't watch it. Vera Drake is is real good, yeah. and Ray I also think is boring. I don't. It's not very memorable. It's, it's not I very just, memorable. Yeah, I can see again why he won. This is nothing a, else came out that year. No, it was a pretty. <laughs> this, you. you have dud years, right? Like yeah. you have dud. You have dead years. The top 10 films were Shrek 2, <laughs> Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, yeah. Spider-Man 2, The Incredibles, The Passion of the Christ, oh. The Day After Tomorrow, Meet the Fockers, Troy, Shark Tale, and Ocean's 12. Oh, yeah. Who was nominated for Supporting Actor? Let's take a look. Thomas Hayden Church, probably, then. We have Alan Alda for The Aviator. Really? Yep. Okay. Thomas Hayden Church for Sideways, yeah. Jamie Foxx for Collateral, and Clive Owen for Closer. Oh, Clive Owen. Clive yeah. Owen is the one who should have probably won. He won the Golden Globe. I he do won the Golden Globe. Yeah, him and Natalie Portman both won. He, yeah, he should have won. Yeah, because he's better than. Mor- I don't understand why Morgan he's Freeman also, is he's here. Clive Owen. I don't understand why Morgan Freeman is here. To be quite honest, it's not that like what he doesn't really do anything. No, he's and his a narrator, vo- okay, but he's, but that's overused as well. Yeah, that that entire. Shtick. Shtick. Morgan Freeman. It's gonna overwritten narrate. and it's over. It works in narrated. But even then, I don't need to hear it that much. Narration should be really limited, and this is, like, over-narrating. I think it's his voice, though, that people like. like. They like to hear it. He has a very soothing voice. I'll give him that. It's comforting. Yeah. Yeah. But Clive Owen should have won for Closer. Oh, yeah. Clive Owen's really good in Closer. Definitely. But, yeah. Do you think Natalie should have won for Closer? Who won Best Supporting Actress? Oh, Kate Blanchett, no? Oh, yeah, Kate Blanchett. Yeah. Um, her Catherine Hepburn voice is not great. It's not bad, though. It's not terrible, but I'm just like, that's a little, this is a bit, it could have been huskier. Maybe. Audrey's mom. Audrey. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, Rita, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for saying the correct thing. No, it's wrong. But her voice was huskier. I think Natalie Portman is great in Closer, yeah. but I can see why Kate Blanchett won. Kate Blanchett won yeah. over her, yeah. Yeah. But Clive Owen should have beat Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman doesn't deserve an Oscar for this. That's a weird win, actually. Who won actor this year? Sorry, I'm huh? making you go through all of them. But who won actor for this year? Uh, Jamie Foxx for Ray. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah. And he was nominated in both categories. In both categories. Okay. And, and he, he was... Leo, I think that was what yep. the other people were saying. Yeah, Leo and Paul Giamatti. You know what? The Leo is quite good in... It's a ho-hum movie, but like... You don't think he makes sense? I think he's fine. I think everything about Aviator is so bland and boring and, un- like, unmemorable. And just, like, anytime I see a poster, I'm like, oh, I'm, I just roll my eyes back into my head. I just think it's so boring. You know who I do like in it, though? Who? John C. Riley. Okay. I just like John C. Riley. I like I him in certain yeah. things. 
Do you have sequel prequel ideas? <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't, I didn't establish any sort of like relationship. Like, cause this is very much of like a, this is a snapshot in yeah. two people's lives. Yeah. I didn't feel compelled to know anything before or after. Their well, lives. especially because the most compelling part is dead. Yeah, it's dead. Yeah. And I think the thing about Hilary Swank's character is you're at the most interesting part, part of her of life. Her life. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't need to see her... How she got there. Yeah, like, exactly. No offense. That was the other thing, is that I found that even that plot, like, that subplot about her being white trash and how her family is trashy, they were, like, too trashy. Do you know what I mean? Everything... Like who goes to Di- like the Disney World before they go see their kids? It was just the writing is so pedestrian. It's, it's so like, like amateur it's hour. So what you would read in like a pulp novel? Yeah, I'm like this is how terrible her parents. Yeah, are. it's just yeah. so ob- everything is so obvious yeah. and like it. Cl- it is clear that the entire function is so that she can have her moment to like tell her mother off. Yeah, to, like get out. And you're like, like, yeah, I liked it. But I liked it because Hilary Swank is saying it. I didn't. The scene itself didn't, like, elicit anything from me. I am just curious. I, may, I might be missing something. What happens with the money? They never clarify it. Okay. I'm assuming whatever happens to money when there's no will associated with it. She probably didn't have a will. So she if, should have, like, arranged for it to go to Frankie. To Frankie. Right. But... The insinuation might be that he got it and he bought the diner at the end. Oh, right. That might yeah. be what, like, That's okay, is right. setting up. But I don't know how because she would have had to sign over the money to him and all of that before she, she died. She would have done it with her teeth. Yeah. Before <laughs> her mouth was sewn up. Yeah. <laughs> Go into your rating, Mita. Okay. And did this deserve Best Picture? Okay. Did it deserve Best Picture? Yeah. So I'm at a staunch no. <laughs> really? A, I really don't. Eh. Then what else? What did? Out of what's listed, because it is a, you do have to vote for something. Okay, if I if I'm in the academy yeah. and I'm an old white man, yeah. I'm voting for the aviator. Wow, even though, like it, even though it's so boring. <laughs> even though it's so boring, but I'm an old white man in this scenario. Right? But if you're an old white man, wouldn't you vote for this over the aviator? I wouldn't vote for any of the things that were nominated. <laughs> if I'm going to be honest with you, and I would try. I want to look what else came out in 2004. I would have voted sure for some gem in there. I would have voted for closer. Okay, but yes. Yes, yes, yes. But now you have these five nominees. Yeah. And you got to pick something on your ballot. Out of the five nominees, I actually did enjoy watching The Aviator just a bit more. Oh. I really didn't have, like, a connection with this. I think it's a nice movie. Yeah. But I just was I really feel like it was just lackluster yeah, for, okay. for me. You're right in that Hilary Swank is very good. She's a great actress. I don't... Yeah. But she's also one that teeters. Sometimes she's really good, and then some of her choices are really... Yeah, sometimes she makes bad choices. It's just like, why? But the eternal question is, Mita, is Hilary Swank hot? (laughs) Yeah, she does. That is one of the best Office episodes. (laughs) But I also feel really bad for her. That that. they did that? Yeah. Imagine... In the end, they said she was hot. Yes, That was the That was the consensus. But, like, imagine... Being Hilary Swank and winning two Academy Awards. Tuning the TV on 9 p.m. on NBC on Thursday, and they're having a discussion about whether or not you're hot. Like, that, I feel bad about you that. You do know the way they did it, though, was actually really clever. Sorry to go into this. You could go back to your rating in a second. 
is they never the discussion of her not being hot is actually not had. It's always people trying to convince other people. That she is that she, hot. So the dialogue she is always is. about how good looking she, she is, is, rather yeah. than like, but look at her. She looks like the man. She looks like this. Yeah. She looks like that. It's not. Yeah. They did a smart. They did it smartly. They did it. But smartly. it's still odd to have, yeah. imagine. It's like borderline like, really insensitive. Picking you apart. Yeah. But they did it well. But she also won two Academy Awards. Yeah. yeah. Deservedly so. I still have never seen Boys Don't Cry. What? No, it came out when I was like eight years old. Yes, but you, we have since established that you watch <laughs> movies. Like. <laughs> no, but the opportunity, that's not something that's available on streamers. Is it not? I've never seen it. Hmm. It's also... Like, I will say that it, the movie itself is very okay. Yeah. It's, you're watching it for Hilary Swank. I feel like it would be too intense. It's pretty intense. Yeah. It's pretty intense. But she is really great yeah. in this. She makes interesting choices, and yeah. sometimes I don't agree with those choices, but when you have a choice like something like P.S. I Love You, she is tolerable in it, but it's just yeah. like, why did you choose to make yeah. this when you're a two-time winning Best Actress? Yeah. She's okay, a whatever. very elite club of people who have two Academy Awards. Two. Yeah. Not one. Not one. Two. two. And we'll honestly... never have a third, I don't think. I don't think she her career went into the... Into that direction. direction. Yeah. Unless... Something happens. Something happens. But she could. She's a very good actress. She could do it. Yeah. And she does carry this film. But I think that, that that is the highlight of this movie. It's her. It's yeah. the performance. It's not even the character so much. Like, I think this is a very exciting time in Maggie's life to see her go through yeah. these things. But I think she brings so much to it that you're just like, okay, I will still watch this movie. Yeah. But if it had been any other actress, like if it had been... I'm just picking at the top of my head Jennifer Lopez. I don't know why. Yeah. Oh, God. In if it was Jennifer Lopez, yeah. like, it's not going to be a Oh, my God. Movie. Instantly, that image just is, uh, it's, it's like, not going to be a good movie. And you know she would try to do it. Oh, my like, God. Like, you've seen enough. You've, you know she yeah. would try to <laughs> yeah. fight. But she's also, yeah, single tearing at the end. Exactly. Just not well. It's just not going to work. Like, that... Hillary's tear is a real tear. JLo's tear would have been, like, somebody puts... Glycerin, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then the tear would come. And I have to give her props for that. And she got her award, which is well-deserved. Yeah. Like, she she got it. She deserved it. Yeah. Great. But the rest of the movie, to me, just doesn't fall in line with what the caliber of that performance is. Mm-hmm. And, like, I just... I was not... I was not pleased. I also have a lot of negativity towards Clint Eastwood, yeah, so that's probably taking it apart. And I think my negativity is warranted. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he's a great person. No. And I don't think he's... Or a should, great filmmaker. I don't think he should be canceled, but I don't think he should be celebrated either. Yeah. Or a great filmmaker. Yeah. Like, he does these... He's not Roman Polanski. ...hum movies. Yes, The Aviator, like, leans towards boring, but there is real filmmaking. Leans There's towards... A pro- Leans towards boring for me, not for you. This is my opinion. That's firmly. <laughs> but there's real filmmaking involved in there. Sure. What is Clint Eastwood doing in this that is that compelling? That has, like, there's a lot of great cinematography in The Aviator. The actual sets themselves to build the flying sequences. There's things in there that really requires mm-hmm. work and dedication um, and makes for a really large scale picture mm-hmm. where I get that this isn't something large scale, but it's not so simplistic that I'm amazed by it. It's just like, okay, great. You did it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like thumbs up for you, Clint. But I don't think your film deserves a best picture. I don't think you deserve best director. I don't think Morgan Freeman deserves best supporting actor. I think this probably got really hyped up. In 2004, 
probably through campaigning and then also Scientology. <laughs> and I think there's something there with Paul Haggis. There has to be. There really has to be. They do things in the theme. Okay. You're looking at me like I'm crazy. Yeah. But I, <laughs> I know this to be true. Yeah. I've, ask Leah Remini. We can go find her. We can her, go find her. And she'll tell us all about it. But also probably I can see people going to the theater and maybe feeling something towards it and that being like a driving force. I can also see maybe the Academy not watching a three-hour film and watching this instead and that being a driving force as well. And so I think that's why it won, but I don't think it necessarily deserves it. It's a very nice, just like ho-hum movie. It's there. Mm -hmm. I'm going to land on a three. Okay. It's not a two and a half because I don't think it's so poorly done. But it's not a three and a half, which is what I gave The Aviator. Okay. Because I think there is still some really great movie making in The Aviator that just doesn't exist okay. with Million Dollar Baby. That's fine. And yay for Hillary. Yeah. Yeah. That's an interesting point you make about The Aviator because I think filmmaking is in one place, but I think the movie still has to land. And I think despite your sets and your, your set pieces and your production... The Aviator is so forget. It's boring, but it's forgettable to me. I find it very, very... I, I don't remember a single thing, and I've never been compelled to want to go back to watch oh. it. I think it's very... I think it's very forgettable as a film. I think I have... Uh, sorry to interrupt. Yeah, yeah. But I have an interest in that time. Oh, that's fair. Time, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And, like, seeing Gwen Stefani as Jean Harlow is an exciting Cute, thing. Cute, yeah. And oh, I forgot actually, that, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and Kate Beckinsale is actually very good in it. Yeah. Like, she, I was surprised. I didn't think she could act. But yeah, she, can. she yeah. can. She's not just a pretty face. She's not just serendipity. Yeah, love serendipity. <laughs> <laughs> I think the thing about Million Dollar Baby is, I actually agree with much of what you're saying. It is very, like, it's, I think the writing is, like, quite poor, actually. It's really pedestrian. It's really obvious. There's not, it's not saying anything. The dialogue is cheesy. Like, it's manipulative. It's sappy. It's... It's a lot of bad adjectives, really. Like, mm-hmm. the way I would describe aspects of Million Dollar Baby are very much like, it's lifetime. It's elevated lifetime. But Hillary Swank elevates it so much. And I do think there are things Clint Eastwood does that help elevate it, but it's really, like, the burden of that work is Hillary Swank, who's like, pushing this to not be a lifetime movie. Yeah. She's really bringing empathy and heart and she's bringing kind of dimension to this character. And those scenes at the end you f- you don't feel for you feel for Maggie cuz you feel that sense of like loss and like you understand why she wants to do this cuz like when you're a physical person, the way she's done and she's done one to achieve this life, when you can see her deteriorating and what she's going through, you get it. You get why she wants to end her life. You're not necessarily moved by the fact that someone wants to kill themselves. If that's like that distinction is clear, that feeling of loss of power, Hillary Swank really brings that out that like you can tell that she's she feels helpless and that like she doesn't want to live like like the way I think a person Mm-hmm. in that similar situation would feel Hillary Swank is really she's like all over this movie and yeah. she like she deserves that Oscar if I were in the nominations I would have nominated Closer okay, personally yeah. I love Closer same I think it's a great film I 
might, this might have appeared on my ballot lower. If I'm looking at this ballot, though, the way it stands, I don't know. It might it's be side. It's hard. I wouldn't vote for the aviator. Okay. I'll be honest. Yeah. I wouldn't vote for the aviator. I wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't vote for Ray. I wouldn't vote for Finding Neverland. It's between this <laughs> I and... I about that. Right? It's between this and, and Sideways. Sideways, which I haven't seen. But Sideways is just kind of like your indie... Oh, Sandra Austin Sideways. Yeah. Yeah. With her, her ex-husband directed it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but side, Sideways is also just like a nice indie comedy. Yeah. Like dramedy. So it'll never win. So it'll never win. Yeah. Like, I just think... If you're if if we're talking about like scale and what people define as best picture, it's the aviator. Mm-hmm. But it was just so bland as a film and so boring that I wouldn't. I might have voted for this. Yeah. Does it deserve it? No. I'll I'll go with that. Morgan Freeman definitely doesn't deserve it. No. Like at all. I think Clint Justice East- for Clive. <laughs> Justice for Clive. I think Cly- Clint Eastwood gets a little bit of credit for working with Hilary Swank in that way and eliciting that performance and doing something against type. I think no matter how much you hate him or dislike him, you do have to give it to him for, like, not doing Unforgiven. It's actually quite a feminist film. There are some beautiful emotional undertones. It's not misogynistic. There's things that Clint Eastwood has done in the past that he kind of undoes here. Not undoes, but maybe just does differently here. This is probably his most mature film, Clint Eastwood, and I don't think he'll ever make anything better than this. No. And so if he's being rewarded the same way that someone like Martin Scorsese is rewarded not for his best film, just for a good film that he made, then maybe Clint Eastwood does deserve it for this because he's a he's a legend in his own right, in his Republican world. And so like maybe he deserves it for this. I'm not, however, unanimously like, yes, Clint Eastwood, million dollar baby. It's more like I'm trying to justify and understand yeah. like where it how it comes. Mm-hmm. I was going for three stars. Because for much of the same reason, but Hilary Swankman, I really... She really does. She really sells it. And I was truly moved by the ending. Mm -hmm. And I knew exactly what buttons were being pushed. And exactly... I knew what was going... And I had seen this before. I knew what was going to happen. And when he says what Makushla means, and he kisses her cheek, and she gives the tear, I fucking got a tear too, man. I was moved by it. So it gets another half from me. So three and a half. Three and a half. Wow. Million dollars. What do you give the aviator? I give it two and a half. Two and a half. I oh, wow. really dislike you the really aviator. Dislike it. Yeah. I think when it's did really... you watch it? In two thousand four? Yeah. Okay. And I never had the inclination desire. Never. What if I told you you have to watch every Martin Scorsese film ever? Eventually I'll get okay. there then. <laughs> Maybe there'll be a different appreciation for it. Maybe as an adult Don't. adult in my 40s, I'll have a different appreciation for it. Who goes through their own paranoia. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I think as a 40-year-old length, it's a three-hour film. 40-year-old length. As a 40-year-old, oh, okay. the length of a of film, film, if you're going to be three hours, you better be using be my it. time. And I don't okay, think... Okay, but we also know Martin doesn't understand time. <laughs> <laughs> He does not understand it. My favorite it's joke is Tina Fey at the Golden Globes. She's just like, we're going to get this in three, three and a half hours. Or how Martin Scorsese likes to call it Act One. Because <laughs> he would put his hands Because he would like do that. that, yeah. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> Anyways, that was Million Dollar Baby. We have a movie to watch next week. We do. But before we watch that abomination, yeah. <laughs> meet the game you. Game you? Okay, last week, Nadine, you had me connect my big fat Greek wedding 
to another movie from 2003, Mystic River. Mystic! Also directed by Clint Eastwood? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Mystic River. Um, this week, Nadim, I'm going to have you connect Mystic River mm-hmm. to the highest grossing film of 2004. Do you remember what it was? You read it Shrek earlier. 2? Shrek 2. Okay. There is a way to do this. Shrek 2 and Mystic River? Yeah. It's a. Uh, it's not easy. It's not. Sorry. It's not hard. It's simplistic, but it's not hard. It's just um, there's steps. It's not like a one. Two, <laughs> there's steps. One two boom. One two like done. A, one two three four. You know you can get there. You can get there. Okay. Your timer starts now. Actually, I did it in like three connections. So there. Sean Penn is in Mystic River. That is correct. Yeah. <laughs> Sean. Do you know anybody in Shrek 2? <laughs> I do. I do. Shockingly. Sean Penn is in... I'm thinking Friends for some reason. He is in an he episode, is in an episode of, Friends. of Friends. Yeah. With Lisa Kudrow. Kudrow. But... Also, we never said it, but rest in peace, Matthew Perry. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm trying to get to... Okay. What I'm trying to do uh-huh. is I'm trying to... For some whatever reason, I'm trying to get from... To Quentin Tarantino because Michael Myers, Mike Myers is in Inglorious Bastards. Okay, you have nine seconds. Well, give me a little bit more. Okay. Because we talked a lot about the things. Okay, fine. <laughs> but. You're at a minute now. Sean Penn is in. Oh, well, Sean Penn was in Friends with uh, Jennifer Aniston, mm-hmm. who was. With Brad Pitt. Yes. Brad Pitt is in Inglorious Bastards with Mike Myers. They're both, and Mike Myers is in Shrek 2. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Remind me who Mike Myers is in Inglorious Bastards. He has a small bit role playing some general. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's the way to do it. Yeah. The way I did it okay. was Mystic River stars one Kevin Bacon. It does. Who is in A Few Good Men with Tom Cruise. Oh, Vanilla Sky. I knew you were going to do Vanilla Sky. I I don't even know why. Yeah, it's one of my. I like. I enjoy that movie. Maybe watch it next season. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But that is for another time. Yes. Meet the (sighs) we. Do you want to say it? No, I don't. Do you want me to say? I want you to say it. Yeah. Okay. What are we watching next week? Next week we're watching Crash. Into you. <laughs> what I think is the single worst best picture winner. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Mita, mm-hmm. I want you to do something for me. Yeah. I would like you to also watch Brokeback Mountain. Yeah, I was going to do yeah. it. Anyways. I don't know why you're telling me. To <laughs> but I would just to make sure that it's on record. Uh, duh. <laughs> uh, duh. But yeah. yes, please watch Brokeback. If you're gonna listen, you should watch. Crash you should watch Crash and, and Broke Back, Back Mountain, Mountain. And we'll have because a that's gonna be the conversation. Yeah. yeah. But that's for next week. Yes. Nita, do you have any parting words for us? I do. Makushala. It means. Should I tell people what it means? Yeah. My darling, my blood. It's very nice. That is nice. <laughs> it's very nice. It is. It's a very nice moment. That ending. I thought you were gonna pick people love violence. <laughs> No, Makushla it was. Makushla. Thank you so much for listening, friends. Please like, subscribe, share, and... Rate and review. And we will see you next week for Crash. Yes. Have a lovely week. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World, sponsored by no one.
You can send us an email at moviestowatchpod at gmail.com, follow us on Instagram and TikTok at moviestowatchpod, and check out our letterbox at movies the number two watch pod. As always, keep your pants on and don't forget to smell the Kevin Bacon.